I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us on our victory. It was the result we didn't expect. The Donald came up trumps. The man who a lot of people thought was on the wrong side of every issue in the US election incredibly won the long and bitter fight last week. With the world still reeling in shock and the sadness that many of us feel about it, and I feel very, very sad, the sun still comes up and the markets still go on. As Chris Tate likes to say, elections come and go, politicians come and go, but markets don't. And so this episode of Talking Trading looks at how the markets reacted to the US election and where you can find the pockets of profits at the moment. But before we go to Chris Tate and John O'Barrett on the market reaction, Louise Bedford asks you if you're ready to make real money in the markets. When you ask yourself, who the hell am I? Do I have what it takes? Am I willing to earn money in an uncommon way to live an uncommon life? When you're asking yourself those questions, that's when you're about to step forward. Are you good enough to make real money in the markets? It's the burning question that the best up-and-coming traders inevitably ask. In fact, the fact that they ask this question is often a solid indication of the trader's future success. So yours is a good question to ask a mentor, someone that you trust, someone who is already living the life that you want to experience and who has the longevity to give you an open and an objective answer. On the surface, it seems like it should be a simple moment of logic, but You know, there are people with degrees from expensive universities that have been known to struggle when it comes to becoming an effective trader. Uh Uh-oh, then the doubt creeps in. Who in the hell am I? I don't have what it takes, I'm sure of it. And you can hear that nagging little voice in your head. Good thing you dodged that bullet. You're about to step up and hang your yet-to-be-built reputation on this. You're about to step forward and refine your trading plan so that it was a killer money-making machine. You were almost ready to learn how to trade every instrument over every time frame so that you always had choices in your life and that you never had to answer to anyone again. But what if you did step forward? What if you did pursue your trader's life? After the initial struggle, you'd move through that fog and clarity would be yours. Carefully guided by people who care for you and who have already achieved in the markets, you could suddenly become a thriving trading business within yourself and you'd be at the helm, safely and confidently navigating the right markets to raid at the right time. You'd stay loyal to your plan and your business would grow to the point where you'd start to revel in your power and say no. No to a demanding boss. No to the HR department blocking you from enjoying an eight-week European holiday with your family or a four-week holiday cruising around the Whitsundays on a well-stocked, beautifully appointed yacht, always within reach of the internet. 
so your portable trading business never skips a beat and even becomes more profitable as you sun yourself on the deck. Then, one day you realise where you are and what you've achieved. Maybe you should feel more nervous, but you don't. In fact, you feel like you belong, like all your life has been leading to this moment. Supreme control over your circumstances, getting paid top dollar living by your skills. And it's not all just about the money. It's about the choices that money opens up for you. The traders that I know who are making good money are not focused on money. They work hard, they study, they grow, they master. And sometimes they even take on a trading buddy to act as a running partner. And they get rich beyond their wildest dreams. And they experience a lifestyle that they choose rather than one that is thrust onto them by someone who doesn't care as much about their own personal goals like a boss or even a business partner. So don't waste energy wondering whether you can make it or not as a trader. Get into the arena. Find a mentor to help nudge you, prod you, provoke you into developing a robust trading system and who will support you emotionally as you grow. Be brave, be bold, be yourself. If you're a trader and you've had the guts to ask a mentor about whether you're good enough to make consistent money, it means you're on the right track. Most of us, we didn't get handed the keys to daddy's company or get given a fat inheritance to get our start. Most of us had to save and scrimp and take it on faith and go out on that trading limb and back ourselves. That's what makes us renegades. Earning money in an uncommon way so we can live an uncommon life. Earning our badge of honour in the markets and earning our freedom. We wear scars proudly in this industry. The road up the success hill is paved with the bodies of successful traders who couldn't swing the ability to make money on a consistent basis because their own personal baggage climbing up that hill was just too heavy. And that's why you need a mentor and a trading buddy. They'll help carry your load and point out the things that you just need to drop out of your backpack to continue your charge up the mountain. If your baggage is too heavy to make it up the mountain, you'll end up camping out somewhere towards the bottom, always planning to climb further up but never getting around to it. I don't know anyone who is a trading success who did it all themselves without relying on others to help. Does this sound like something you want? Sound like a life that you can feel deep in your gut that you need? I think so. I think so. If you think you can do it alone, then go for it. And I wish you the best. However, I think that figuring it out on your own could take too long maybe a decade or more. And who has that amount of time? You'll be shocked at how good life is further up the mountain. We're opening up our six-month repeat-for-free mentor program, so stay tuned to your emails. I have in mind that you have what it takes to be good enough to make real money in these markets. All you need is someone to show you the way. When you get your shot, check out the mentor program. 
I truly don't know how traders succeed without it. Hi, this is Steve Nissen, the father of candlesticks in the Western world, and I listen on an ongoing basis to Talking Trading. John O'Barrett is an economist and Sky Business News commentator. We have shared many a conversation on Hillary Clinton, and we were both fans of hers. Today, he gives a market update on the reaction to the U.S. election and where you can find pockets of profit. John O'Barrett, freshly back from the Swiss Alps, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Good morning, Caroline. John the election. Let's find out how the markets reacted. Look, I think at the end of the day, Caroline, um, there was a lot of negativeness. Um, actually, sort of watching the, the votes go through, you know, the uh, S&P futures were down 5%. Uh, uh, now they've all rallied substantially. We're now starting to say there's the Trump factor going through. You know, people are starting to become quite optimistic. The key is whether or not it'll become divisive or not. How did we see Australian markets react? Well, the Australian markets, I think, continue to go from strength to strength. After the initial sell-off, it's, it's quite incredible to see. Uh, more importantly, I, I think um, I've sort of been looking and focused on a lot of the commodities Obviously, that'll feed through to um, a lot of those trades which we've looked at in the past. So at the end of the day, when you see commodities um, start to rally and continue to rally, this Trump factor is just adding to it. Um, And when you can see the Donald Trump factor plus some of his more economic talk about stimulus, it can only help our share markets. Why have the commodities rallied around Donald Trump? Well, look, I think they've already started to rally on the basis of, um, you know, just a general pickup, good economic policy in the States by the Fed. Um, you know, the green shoots of inflation starting to happen. Donald Trump sort of came and has given it that other injection, you know, where he's, he's talked about government stimulus, you know, more expenditure from the government on infrastructure. You know, we've seen these stories before, but for the first time, you know, he might have that mandate to push it through, which has a negative effect as well, but at the moment it's been relatively positive. Let's look at the Fed and Yellen. Well, I think this is this is the key. Yellen and the Fed have been steady as they've go. They've held back on raising rates. We do see that we're going through a tightening basis. Now, this is going to be quite important now because if you have a tightening basis, you're seeing more demand. You are having inflation recycle. But if you're already on that edge, inflation is a very hard one to control. Once it starts, it's very hard to slow down. You have to put interest rates up very quickly. So if you have that Donald Trump factor on top of this process, this conservative process, it could create quite a lot of volatility um, in the markets in terms of interest rates. And if interest rates start to mark higher, then you have a change in how we should structure our investments. So advice to traders this week, where should they be looking? Look, I think you just ride with with the Trump factor, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, look, I think up until he's got this honeymoon period, I think he can quite happily uh, trade it. Look at the likes of BHP, the likes of Rio. Look at the commodity. The commodity of space is now a seller's market, not a buyer's market. So it's only going one way. Um, when you look at iron ore between the spot and futures, there's a 16% premium on the futures. That tells you that more people want to buy it. So as a result of that, that should be very helpful um, to those who are already long the mining sector. Um, we did talk about it about six to eight months ago uh, on Talking Trading. Yes. Um, so hopefully people there have taken benefit of it. Jono, um, I hope so as well. Thank you very much for your time this morning. No problems, Caroline. Have a great day.
Chris Tate called him the Ginger Gibbon, and no one actually thought he would get in. We discuss the market reaction again with Chris and where you can make money. Well, CT, like you said, and like Barack Obama said, the sun still came up after Trump's shock election victory. The Dow has moved to a new high, but the S&P 500 has not. Explain to us this disparate reaction after the Trump shock election. It, it is kind of a, a somewhat strange dichotomy between various segments of the US market in that you've got the very idiosyncratic Dow 30 going to a new high, the broader-based S&P 500 going up, but not as much as you would think, and the Russell 2000, which is, let's say, the lower end of the market, moving up most of all. I actually think what happens is you get a relief rally in the Dow 30, so up they go. I think if you were to sort of impose a narrative on it, you could imagine that the market had fully priced in Clinton winning, so it had nowhere to go, really. But with uh, Trump's somewhat surprise victory, you get a little bit of a relief rally. But it, it is intriguing that you've got the very pointy end in the Dow 30 going up, the Russell 2000 going up, but the little bit in the middle going up, but not as much, and with nowhere near as much vigour. And I, I must admit, it is a little perplexing for some reason. Why? Look, it's... You would think that if you're going to have a broad-based rally, if you're going to have a broad-based move, what happens traditionally in rallies is that they move down from the top. So you'd get the Dow 30 going, the S&P 500, the Russell 1000, and then the Russell 2000. Because what happens in people's minds is that each segment in their minds becomes fully valued. They, they see no value in them. And so they move through each different segment until it hits what they would consider to be fully valued, then they move on to the next one looking for opportunities. But now we have this situation where they've hit the pointy end and the bit at the bottom, and they seem to have skipped the bit in the middle uh, quite quite dogmatically and emphatically. Okay, let's go to the larger picture and let's have a look at interest rates, the Fed and Yellen. How do you think Trump's win is going to affect interest rates? Oh, dear God, there's a $64,000 question. I really don't think at present anybody knows. All we're merely doing at present is ascribing as a series of guesses to what might happen. It really, really, really is a complete and utter unknown. Granted, it is. it has been put forward that Trump will raise the national debt ceiling. He will be a freewheeling spender. He's talked a lot about infrastructure. He's talked a lot about increasing the US defence budget as if it needs to be increased because it's... It, it currently runs at more than the next 10 nations combined. So where it goes from here, I have no idea. But whether these things actually come to fruition is completely up in the air. We, we simply do not know at this stage. All right. As to whether we're going to see a return to the freewheeling sort of days of the 80s under Reagan. Let's talk about gold, because as soon as the results came in, people were saying, just buy up on gold. Didn't that work out so well for the survivalist nuts who go home and polish their favourite pet rock furiously? Gold, one, one, of, one of the historical things, one of the narratives that annoys me, and it's an historical narrative, is that gold has always been a hedge against inflation and it's always been a store of wealth. No, it hasn't. And it hasn't been for generations. But we're still wedded to this idea that in a digital age where money moves digitally 
to any point in the globe, including to digital currencies, that people are going to go out and they're going to buy a yellow stone as if that somehow helps them. I, I'm always intrigued by that. And as was seen, gold simply fell. It, it didn't go to $5,000 an ounce as everybody thought. And the, the narrative was intriguing in that Clinton's going to be elected, gold's going to $5,000 an ounce. Trump's going to be elected, gold's going to $5,000 an ounce. It didn't do either of those things. It fell. All right. What about other commodities, other precious metals? How have they been? How have they reacted? This is intriguing. Silver fell over as well, as as to be expected, because gold and silver often, they travel as complex. What is intriguing is the base slash industrial metals, which we depend upon so heavily in the local market for some sort of vim and vigour. Over the past five days, 10 days, two weeks, month, they've been very, very, very positive. The only catch is they're often very, very difficult to trade directly. So what you have to look for is a surrogate in terms of an equity that represents one of them. You look for a tin miner, an aluminium miner, an iron ore supplier, because it's often difficult to get direct exposure. Some of the CFD providers provide what I would call to be a hybrid derivative that gives you exposure. But for the majority of people, it is a matter of finding an analogue of some sort to take advantage of it. The positive thing from that is that it may actually give some impetus to our market to hopefully break out of this awful downward channel we've been in for the past little while. And so that's where you recommend traders should be looking right now in the markets. Not that you're giving advice, but if you were looking no, yourself. It, look, if I, if I were a domestic trader, I would be looking at what you would call special situations. That is stocks that take advantage of the lift in these industrial slash, slash base metals that are immense to us because it, outside of granting home loans and digging shit out of the ground, we only do two things in Australia. And so we need one of those to actually be working for our market to go up. Okay, so any general advice post-election, post-Trump getting into traders? Oh, uh, it, probably more from a, a large-scale philosophical point of view. Politicians come and go. Elections come and go. And Trump will be consigned to being a footnote in history, as, as all politicians are. Markets and economies are simply so big now that they simply go their own way. They have their own momentum, their own energy. They will go in their own direction, and it's a direction they want. Governments, and they do it here as well, continually overstate the impact they have on the economy. Unless they do something disastrously stupid, they have very little impact. Uh, Economies are like a super tanker. You can rearrange the deck chairs and think you're doing something, but you can't actually turn the damn thing around. And on that note, Chris Tate, thanks for your time. Thanks, Caroline. Stay tuned next week to hear trading elder Stephen Warden on how his trading system has performed in 2016. I'm Caroline Stephen. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.
Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.